This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. and welcome to the 121st episode of Lake of Rage, a Pokemon trading card game podcast. I'm your host, as always, Kevin Clementi, a.k.a. Mellow underscore Magikarp. I'm joined today by three very special temporary guest hosts. We have three individuals who are going to be attending the Peoria Regional Championships here in five days at the time of recording to share their thoughts on the meta, the decks, and everything else. Let's go clockwise. First, we have Piper Lapine. Piper. How long have you been playing? What are some of your accomplishments? Uh, hello, I'm Piper. I've been playing, I think, like, 10-ish, 11, something like that years now. Um, yeah, I won two regionals last season, top-aided another. Uh, but yeah. Next up, we have Rahul Reddy. Rahul, how long have you been playing and those accomplishments? Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Rahul. I've been playing for 12 years now. Uh, I have done a lot of things, but the only thing I haven't is one. <laughs> this will be the tournament for sure, right? Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> and last but not least, we have Sawyer Melbourne. Sawyer, how are you doing? How long have you been playing and those accomplishments? I'm doing good. Hello, uh, I'm Sawyer. Uh, I've been playing for 11-ish years now. Uh, I uh, recently got top 16 at Pittsburgh. Uh, prior to that, I have a top 8 at Fresno. Top 16 as well at Fort Wayne Regionals. And I recently won a Magic the Gathering cube two weeks ago. <laughs> we'll see if that information comes uh, in handy for this discussion. I'm sure. I'm always only on Mana for Counterspell. Always. So as you can see, we have three people who are very well accomplished in the game who are going to give their opinions. And of course, I'll interject my less accomplished opinion in there as well, because it's my podcast, right? First and foremost, we got to go with the most important question, the one on probably everyone's mind. If not, it probably should be. What are the most expected decks that you're going to see at Peoria Regionals? Piper, we'll go ahead and start with you. What are the decks that you are most expecting to see in day one of Peoria? Uh, I'd say, like, first, probably Tina. Like, Tina's just been pretty popular lately. Uh, and then... Either Turbo or Gardevoir, those two will probably be pretty close. Um, those are just like the decks that tend to be played a lot at North American events. Um, so yeah. Are you looking pretty at then? So we have SBE Barcelona and we have Curitiba. Are you not considering those as much as Pittsburgh for the trends? Because like you think the North American meta is a little different than the others? Yeah, for sure. I, I don't know. I feel like I look at a lot of uh, people's matchups in like European events, and I feel like they don't really hit a ton of loss boxes, uh, whereas I feel like that deck is pretty popular, or at least just performs really well at US events. Um, so, yeah. Rahul, what about you? The three most popular decks you're expecting? Uh, I definitely agree with Piper that I think Tina is number one, or like should be number one. I think there's been... Uh, I pay attention to cups quite a bit and like challenges results, just like kind of seeing what people are like leaning towards, like what flavor they like. And there's been just like a lot of people who are like, like I'll see cup top eights and there'll be like four Tinas in pretty much every cup top eight. Um, 
and so like it feels like everyone is like kind of defaulting to Tina as like their number one, or like just because Star Requiem is just an insane attack. Um, and then I think number two is probably going to be Lugia variants, just because um, for some reason Lugia doesn't exist in any other region besides ours, um, and we just kind of spawn myself included Lugia will just like <laughs> kind of spot out of nowhere and be like hey there's like 10 Lugias in top 16 suddenly because everyone just decided that let's play Lugia and then I think number three will be turbo because like people people really like turbo here in the states like Piper said and I think turbo always ends up performing because like the same players have been playing turbo like quote Azul group played it for like six months non-stop type of deal and the same players will just keep playing turbo that have played it and so what are your top three decks you're expecting uh, I'm in agreeance uh, with Lost Tina. I, I don't quite understand the obsession with that deck. I think it's kind of mid, but people play it a lot. I don't expect that to change anytime soon. I think the meta has only gotten better for it. Uh, I also think Lugia will be second. I think that deck, yeah, uh, as long as it's not in Europe, I think it's getting played. That deck is very, like, yeah, I, I think people respect it here a lot, uh, as, they, as they should, in my opinion. And uh, I'm going to stray a little bit from the side here. I think Zard will be the third most played deck. I think... That people really, really want to play with uh, the new toys from Obsidian Flame still. And they finally have the, like, perception that it's good, at the very least, based off of the one regional in Brazil that just happened. And I think I think a lot of people are going to be picking it up this weekend. So because I love a good segue more than actually sticking to a plan, we had Rahul and Sawyer both mentioned Lugia as one of the top. And Piper, you can still chime in, even though it wasn't in your top three. If Lost Tina, which you all agreed was number one, and I don't see a reason why... That might not happen. Would you tech a Temple of Sinnoh this weekend if you're playing Lost Tina and expecting that much Lugia? Sawyer, yes or no? Uh, I'd say so. I, I think Temple's good. Uh, it has, yeah, yeah, it's nice. Uh, Lugia's like always been one of your tougher matchups. And I think that like brings it pretty close to a 50 50. Um, playing around Gift and V Guard is just like so relevant in that matchup. Gift is just the thing that allows them to keep so much momentum going and allow them to keep applying pressure. And like knocking out your Tinas consistently, and also just because uh, V Guard uh, prevents you from taking one shots with Lost Impact, and being able to save your Star Requiem is nice. Uh, yeah, it's good. Rahul, you were a Lugia bot only a couple weeks ago. What are you thinking about Sinnoh and Tina if you're expecting Lugia? What do you mean a couple weeks ago? I played a challenge this morning. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I would play Sinnoh, yeah, for sure. I think that uh, it, the win percentage that you gain is like. Like, normally, like, one card doesn't really swing a matchup that much, but I think, like, playing Sinnoh in any deck that can couple with Roxanne or Iono adds, like, 10 percentage to your Lugia matchup, which is, like, an insane number uh, compared to any other deck. And Piper, as the only one who didn't put Lugia in the top three, if you're bringing Lost Tina, would you run the Sinnoh? Uh, I think Sinnoh's, like, pretty good. Um, it also has, like, some niche uses into Mew, where, like, if you're playing <laughs> Tomb and they spread out their fusions onto their Genesex, then they have to be like attacking with the DTE. So if they have a DTE set up, then they can't attack with that and they can't draw cards, which is like marginally more useful than Path, I guess. Uh, and then, yeah, it helps in Lugia a lot. Um, also, there's like sometimes you can shut off a reversal from Guardi. Uh, like there, there's just some random uses from Temple. It seems pretty good. Uh, definitely better than third Path, I think. Um, especially because your Zard matchup's pretty solid anyway. So I don't know if third Path is super relevant. Because that's like the alternative. So the next part I wanted to talk about was the day two meta, because we've seen some day two conversion rates have varied quite a bit from day one. And 
the one that comes to my mind immediately is SPE Barcelona, where Lugia was not in the top five most played decks. So it was like under 10% of day one. And then suddenly it was 17% of the day two meta in Barcelona. So Rahul, start us off. Are you expecting the day two meta to look even remotely different from day one? Or are you kind of approaching them the same way? Um, I think it will to some degree, but not like a crazy amount, just because uh, with something like Barcelona and Curitiba, they were both like less than like 80 people day twos. Um, I think, I don't want to misspeak on Barcelona, but I think it was like 60, mm. something close to that. Uh, and Curitiba was 40, whereas like Peoria will be probably somewhere closer to 150 to 170, which is just like a micro sample of the bigger tournament, given we have 1,700 players once again. Um, so I think it'll be like a micro sample, but I think like maybe whatever deck was in number three will flux to number one because more top players are playing it across the meta. Like I think we saw in Pittsburgh, like Tina and Lost Box were like the number one and two decks, but they like floated down to like three and four into day two, like Guardi and Lugia rose to the top. Um, so something like that might happen again. I don't know what the exact deck would be, but I think that could happen. Yeah. So what are you thinking about the day two expected meta? Uh, I think I'd reiterate most of the points Rahul made. I think the one difference I will say, I think the one big shit that will happen is the one one thing that I believe he was mistaken on is that Turbo was actually the most played deck in day two of Pittsburgh. Okay. I know of. Uh, and I expect something similar to happen. I think it was, yeah, Tina stocks went down a little bit. Turbo stocks went up a little bit. And I think that that is generally, I expect something similar to happen at this tournament. Um, the meta hasn't gone, shifted too much since then. Um, a, like, like a little bit, but nothing like, ridiculous and i expect most players to be on the same thing and i think generally a lot of the players who perform better stick to turbo more just from what i've seen so i think that they're more likely to convert than any of the other decks so i think it'll be probably number one number two going into day two and piper any other thoughts on expected day two meta or the changes between day one and day two not really awesome <laughs> short sweet to the point <laughs> So the next one that we have to talk about is one that so you're the only one to put this in the top three decks, even though we recently saw Charizard just absolutely dominate in Brazil. Five of the top eight. It was was it? I want to say a quarter of day two. It was like a ridiculously high percentage that no deck should have ever been outside of Silver Tempest Lugia. What Charizard variants would you expect to see or and or which ones are the better plays? So we have. The Pidget version, the straight no Arceus, right, that we saw out of Brazil. We've got the Arceus Pidget that most people, including myself, have kind of been like, hey, this is really good. We have the Lost Zone one that we saw in top eight of Barcelona, and we have the Glade one that we saw in top eight in Japan. So a lot of different Charizard variants out there. Are any of these better plays than the other one? Are any of them going to be played more? What are you kind of expecting for the Zard? Sawyer, can you start us off? What are we looking at with Charizard EX? Sure. I, I've always favored the, any of the lists that run Pidgeot. Um, like, you already play Candy in your list. Being able to search any card is such a powerful effect. And, like, just... And also, you aren't as reliant on, like, small Pokemon, so your Lost Box matchup is just, like, naturally way better. And so many people play Lost, you know, so many people play Turbo. Like, it's just generally better to have a... It's it's good to have safer matchups into those. Um, the, the Gallade and Lost Zone versions of the deck are cute, but I think that... They're a little more, like, I don't know. I don't like the Gallade version just because, yeah, as I mentioned, you have so many small Pokemon in play, your Lost Box matchup is naturally worse. Um, with the Lost Zone variant, uh, you can, like, swing the matchup back just because you also have access to Sableye, but I found that version of the deck is, like, really clunky. I don't I don't like it very much. I feel like, like uh, at least with, like, Tina, that deck can clunk up sometimes, but at least you have access to tools like Abyss Seeking 
to like make your game plans like come together more whereas like with zard like you're just so reliant on hitting uh turn two candy zard and like they only play a couple copies of each of those and it just feels like eh. so now you have more cards that you don't want to whiff by turn two like normally you can win games by not drawing chorus immediately now you need you need like way more things it just yeah i don't like it uh pidgeot variants either arc or arcless i think will be the better uh performing variant and the one that sees more play so sorry, I want to follow up question on that. You said, you know, like Lost Tina, for example, as one of the Lost Zone decks where not benching squishy things is good. Do you think the Arceus Pidgeot version is better into Lost Tina than something like the Lost Zone version or the Gallade version? Uh, I think it's better than Lost Zone. Uh, the one thing that Gallade has going over it is like, obviously, Tina plays Path and like they can kind of just try to go Roxanne Path and brick you at some points during the game, which is very, very annoying. Whereas like Gallade, you have like Buddy Catch at the very least. So you're like, Pretty much guaranteed to draw out of path every time, um, but you, as I said, you're still very susceptible to like Sableye and stuff. So I think it, it's kind of like you, you some some pros, some cons to each. Uh, but like your turbo matchup is a lot better still, which I think is relevant enough to where like playing Pidgeot variant is more important. Pipe, what are your thoughts on Charizard? Best variants, worst variants, etc. All right, so I've tested I think every variant of Charizard. Um, Right now, Lost Box Charizard is my backup play for Peoria. Um, I think that's the best version. Second best is the Brazil version. Third, Gallade. And then fourth, Arc Pidgeot. Uh, I think Arc Pidgeot is like your Tina matchup is very impossible to win. Like, you just have so many free two prizers on, their ben on your bench, and then they uh, Requiem your. Um, your Zardiax, uh, and I think that matchup's going to be pretty popular. Um, what I really like about the one prize list is you're uh, a lot more able to force the 330 turn because you you can feed the one prizers um, like in the early game, which a lot of the other builds, like especially the Arc Pidgeot, can't do. Um, and I don't know, having Cram to just hit early game and then. Uh, like turn three or four attack with Zard is a very viable strategy. Like it, it makes your trading a lot better than just trying to attack with three Zards in a game. Uh, and then you have Sableye, and Sableye is just broken. Like in in Japan, for example, you, Gudra is like irrelevant everywhere else, but you always see like uh, one Gudra with Sableye just pop up in like top sixteen or something because Sableye just like makes the deck playable. I don't know. Piper, I want a follow up question on the Lost Zone. Are you still running the water energies that we saw out of Barcelona in that deck? No, no, no. Okay. That, that's four free spaces. I can cut <laughs> two gates and two waters, get four spaces. Like, so much consistency added in. Like, All right, thank you for justifying my first opinion of the deck as well. <laughs> yeah. Rahul, we've heard two very different which one is the best. So be our tiebreaker or just give us a whole different. What's the best, Zara? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give you a way different answer. I'm kind of actually impressed that all three of us had different answers. I think the Gallade version is the best. Uh, I've also tested quite a bit of Zard. I like, I don't know, the card feels like super broken as like uh, just a card, but it's just like getting the consistency. And I feel like out of the three, like a lot of the time the winning line is which deck can produce a third Zard more consistently than the other versions. And the Glade version always feels like I can play out a path. I can get my uh, thing set up. Obviously you trade off a lot in your early game consistency. Um, but relying on little guy Mew is pretty good. And um you just have a lot of items to work through, and it feels like you can play a majority of games. Uh, I agree with Piper in that the Arc Zard or Arc um, version is the worst because it just feels like 
like she said, the Tina matchup is like near impossible. Like you get stuck on her path, your Pidgeot's a free prize, your RCS is a free prize. Like you're just you're like half your board is sitting ducks. Um I don't particularly like the Lost Box version too much, but I might just be underestimating how it works because I just feel like sometimes I'm a worse Lost Box deck. Um but you do get access to like Iono and Roxanne and stuff if you want to. Um but you are just like playing like I feel like a little bit of an inferior Lost Box deck. And I haven't tried the Brazil version too much. But I do think that with the Arvin version and the couple games I've seen, your hand runs out really quickly. Like, that's the one problem that I've noticed where, like, if you ever need to find two pieces in a turn, you can't. Because your Pidgeot only gets you one card. And a lot of the time they're playing with, like, a two-card hand or, like, a three-card hand if they don't uh, Arvin into research into Arvin uh, from that point onwards. So, like, they can get Iona to, like, two or three and they're sitting on, like, my Pidgeot gets me one card. Um, and sometimes that's just not enough because uh, if people just like hit Zard, boss Zard, hit Zard, then you're like, well, my deck doesn't do anything from here. So I want you all to know that you all have given multiple people listening to this just massive existential crises <laughs> by <laughs> having completely that's what different... you get for choosing to play Zard. <laughs> it's not actually, I, I guess I, I should have prefaced everything I said. I don't think any of these variants are even like tier one. I don't like the deck very much. Piper and Rahul, you are more into Zard. Follow-up question. Do you want to defend why Zard is... If, I don't even know if you think it's Tier 1, but why it might be Tier 1. Uh, I mean, you have really good typing into the meta, and you do, like, way too much damage. Um, you have solid acceleration, so your opponent has to, like, be super worried about, like, so many things. Like, you could Delphox, you could Mew EX. Uh, like, you, you can just snipe out of nowhere. Uh, you could Mawile now. Like, if you're playing Guardi, you're already, like, at a type disadvantage, and then... Even if you're like somehow like if you if you get ahead, you could just get Mawild if you had to bench Greninja or like bench Manaphy because you're scared of getting um you copied or Delphox. I don't know. It just has a lot of options with like very powerful acceleration and uh, a very good attack. Yeah, I echo those points for sure. I think that it is like so a lot of the time when you're dealing with a matchup, you're like, I can take out one thing. Either I can take out their consistency or I can take out their attacker. But with Zard, it's like 330 hp behemoth that hits perfect numbers in a lot of situations um and then if you have add-on like pidgeot or even like the lost box engine or even Galade, like all three supporting casts are just really annoying to deal with um where they can basically like tutor out any card they want every single turn so you end up in these situations where it's like you just feel checkmated at a certain point in the game where like there's nothing you can do because your deck is not equipped to handle it um, and I think that's where the power of Zard comes in. Like, I've played a couple of cups and challenges recently against Zard, and I'm just like, I don't have the answers. Like, I can't, like, I can't outplay myself out of the situation because this this guy is going to do 300 damage next turn. This guy is going to do 330 damage next turn, and I can't do anything about that. I don't know. I feel like your deck just kind of gets screwed by by late game disruption very hard and by path. Um, like, like your your deck is like generally so ability reliant. Uh, I'd say the Gilead variant is the exception to this, but your early games are way worse. Like half the games I play with that deck, I just look at my hand and I, I, I just I immediately know I'm gonna lose unless I hit something off tail. Like it's I don't know the it, it's yeah it's not not been kind to me at the very least. Um, and the other thing I have seen is that Ruhul mentioned the uh, like how like some games like people have played against Zard where they just like set up and they feel like they can't win. Uh, I know I personally have seen that and realized hmm I think I'm gonna tech for Zard more now. And I think a lot of other people have come to that realization, especially after it just popped off at the Curitiba uh, mm -hmm. regional. I think that the deck is going to get respected so heavily. Like, the amount of random 
like silly grass attackers I've seen in Lost Box lists over the past week is like crazy. Um, people are respecting the deck more, so I don't know. Yeah. Before we move on from Zard, there's one more thing, and this is from personal experience at some League Cups. Are you, you're sitting against Zard, you're not playing it, you're sitting against from a Zard. Are you benching Manaphy to respect the Delphox or, you know, if you have a Greninja down, the Mew EX that they could play? Or are you assuming that no one's adding these tech cards in? Uh, Piper, are you going to bench Manaphy against Charizards? Uh, I think it depends on what deck I'm playing. Uh, if I can, it also like is game to game. Mm -hmm. It's like if I can afford the bench space or something, and then being able to like copy a Radiant Greninja or something or get an extra prize is like gonna lose me the game. Then I'll play it down just as like assurance. But if I'm playing Guardi or something, I'm not benching Radiant Greninja or Manaphy uh, because I'm not playing a Mawile out or an out like a Penny or anything, and I'm not I'm not trying to lose the game to uh, a Mawile. Um, I don't know, like, not a ton of other decks play Manaphy, right? I don't know. So out of curiosity then, Piper, let's say you're playing Guardi. So you don't bench the blue things if they play Mawile. Games two and three, you haven't seen Mawile. Are you benching them now and saying, let's see if you have it like that? Or are you still going to kind of play around it until your opponent proves otherwise? Uh, I mean, I'd play Greninja if my hand's, like, unplayable otherwise, or if yeah. I'm, like, trying to... Maybe if I'm trying to find something, like, I lose the game if I whiff, but I would try to play the game without them as much as possible. Um, I've also been testing some Guardi lists without Greninja, but yeah. Rahul, you're sitting across from a Guardi. Are you going to bench your Manaphy? Assuming you mean Zard, and also, oh, yeah. no, I think, I think game one, you always make them show it to you. Um... Because if like a play like that happens, I'm just gonna pack it up real quick and go to game two if it's a game losing position. But if Piper said like just by playing safe and playing your outs and me like this is the only way I lose the game, then of course I you do it. Like you just make sure you don't like you just shore up all the options. But in a situation where it's like I'm ahead, I don't need to make like I don't need to put something silly down. Like I need to make you show it to me that you can actually beat me this game. Then I just won't respect the game one. And Sawyer, same question. Yeah, I think Mew and Delphox are terrible cards in Zard and are complete cope, so I'm never going to play around them ever. Like, you're just putting small two-prizers on the board that I can trade evenly into. Cool, you take a two-prize snipe KO, I KO you back with a one-prizer? Fun! This did nothing! You've accomplished nothing by putting this card in your deck. So the next one I want to get to is Mew. Uh, Mew VMAX, not Mew EX. So, we're expecting Zard to be somewhat popular, it sounds like. Zard is the Mew killer, finally, right? Rahul, is Mew VMAX gone? No. <laughs> well, that's unfortunate. Uh, are you expecting to be a heavily played deck? And is it Fusion Strike or is DTE with Grabber? Like, kind of what are you expecting for Mew? Or is it just like, just going to exist because it exists? Um, I think I've been seeing people favoring... I, mean, I think Fusion has like now become the norm uh, ever since World Championships. I think Fusion is back on the map. Um, I think people who like Mew will play Mew. Uh, some people have been experimenting with DT and Mew. I've seen lists that are floating around that play like Heavy Path again, like 4 Path with like 4 Vacuums, like stuff like that are making their way back into the meta because it does feel like Path is an incredibly strong card in this metagame. Uh, but I think DT and Mew is like the easiest version to just like beat for anything that plays Dark type attackers. Like your Lugia matchup has to be terrible and you're like... Zard matchup also is probably like completely terrible if they get to play the game. Like Zard doesn't need to ability; they can just candy Zard and attach to it, and you've lost the game. Um, so, 
I think Fusion View is like the only real way to play right now in this meta. And if you do, you've got to play like some sort of high rolling card like Catchers or something, man. Sawyer, thoughts on Mew. Is it finally dead? Uh, no. No, I think Mew's good still. I don't know. I think people overreact to how bad this Zard matchup is. Well, it's not great, obviously, but Path is still a card. Um, Mew is not, Mew is always going to be good. Uh, I think, yeah. Um, Rahul mentioned it earlier. I'm actually a big fan of Catcher Mew right now. I, uh, I think that deck is like, like, like that card is very, very silly in that deck. Uh, you have so many matchups where you can just, like, get insanely, like, free wins, like, against, like, any of the two prize decks in the meta, where you just, like, flip catcher heads and attack with Meloetta turn one, and the game is just, like, over if you can attack two more times. Like, Lugia becomes free, Maridon becomes free, uh, and those decks are seeing a lot of play right now, um, so I think it is, yeah. Mew's still good, your Zard matchup is tough, but, like, with, with Path in the deck, I think it's still very workable. It's not unwinnable um yeah catcher's good and piper are you gonna make it three for three that Mew is not dead it's not dead but i do think dte is a bit better right now um so path is like as you said really good into the meta and but not a lot of stuff is playing it so i think that'll lead like a lot of lugias or something to like play second collapse instead of pumpkaboo or something which i think pumpkaboo is better but like when you're judge pathing them, a lot of times they're gonna whiff, and with no pumpkaboo, it's even harder for them to hit everything. Um, and like you can just cheese games from there. Zard, uh, judging them early game, as Rahul was saying earlier, the uh, Brazilian list really struggles with playing from like a small hand size. Uh, so them beat out four cards and then having the path um, when they're playing like Pidgeot Engine, it really just shuts them down. So you can kind of like steal games like that. Um, Guardian's, like, a really tough matchup, though. Like, boxes don't really work because they'll just try to go 2-2-2. Two, two, two. Um, but, yeah, you, you kind of just have to, like, path and hope they whiff, like, an extra turn or something. Um, what also kind of sucks is, like, if you go second, you're not putting immediate pressure. Or you don't have, like, the option to attack turn one. So, unfortunately, it sounds like uh, Mew still exists for anyone still go. <laughs> uh, next one I had on my list is Lugia. So, we saw in Japan Champions League, Lugia got second place, the colorless Lugia, though. So, a little different than the single strike version that we've seen because now you can utilize Mew a little more efficiently. And Mew's a pretty good card, right? So... Sawyer, which version is the better play, or are they both good plays heading into this weekend for Lugia? I think both are good. I lean more towards single strike, though. I, I think the deck's just able to be a lot more aggressive. I think T-Tar is just kind of nuts. You just you can one-shot almost anything. Uh, I know a lot of lists have been cutting it, but I actually still like Urshifu in single strike Lugia a lot. Um, I think it's really good in the Zard matchup, uh, because like you're able to just like two-shot two Zards very easily. Um, and it's, like, hard for them to, like, actually deal with it. Like, it, it will almost always stick on the board. Um, I haven't tested a ton of Colorless Lugia, but the one issue that I've just always thought of in theory is that, like, you just will really struggle to just be more aggressive. Like, you have, like, Weirdier, I guess, but I, I don't know. It requires, like, a lot of board setup, and you can't go for it immediately, which feels really off to me. Uh, I think Mew EX could solve that issue, but as I said, I haven't played the deck very much, so I don't... I don't really know. So I'm personally more in favor of single strike, but I'm sure I could be argued off of that point. Piper, which Lugia version is the better one? I don't really know. I think it depends on what you're expecting in the meta. Like, if you're expecting a ton of Zard, I think single strike is an awful play. 
uh, for my testing, I have not dropped a game against that, and Urshifu does not do anything. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's like an extra thing that you have to find early on. Uh, it's not that difficult to like boss choice belt if you take an early prize. Um, and worst case, I can like KO an Archeops, KO a two prizer, and then like last turn KO the Urshifu. Like it, it, it just gives a lot of options for solid routing for me as the Zard player, uh, and I haven't had a ton of trouble against it. Uh, whereas you have Weird Deer, which is uncapped with the colorless version. Um, some lists are playing Path, like the Seniors Worlds list played Path. Um, and then you also have Mew EX to copy. Like, if you can clear your board of two prizers and force them to take and go to odd prizes, then you can copy their um, Charizard attack on the last turn for like 330, and then you can deal with the Charizard. So if you take like one to two early prizes, Weird Deer two shot another one. Uh, and then, yeah, you can do the Mew to get your last couple prizes. And Rahul, Lugia, which uh, version? Piper is correct. I think the single strike version struggles heavily into um, into the uh, any Zard. It's just really hard. It's like really, really hard to win. Like I, I even if you put Cobalion in your deck, like it's like near impossible to win the game. Like it's just a cope card. Like where you're just like sitting there, you're like I have like, all four single strikes, and I gotta make sure my last two prizes are this Zard. Like it's a lot of a lot of what ifs that have to go your way, and. Um, I think that single strike is better overall for the metagame because I don't actually expect that much Zard to surface. Like it is the hot new tool, but I think people will play it and not actually like have the success that they think they're gonna have uh, at cups and challenges. And and people are creatures of habit, so they'll naturally gravitate back to the decks that they've been performing well with. Like if you've been going to cups and challenges and locals and dominating with Guardi, and now you play Zard, and all of a sudden you get like you go one three, you're not gonna play it. Like you're gonna go back to your guardy deck and we've seen that time and time and time again especially with 1600 to 1800 man regionals like people are creatures of habit single strike luya will perform because the tools that it has are really really powerful in its arsenal and sure you can afford to take one really bad matchup like and you can even cheese that necessarily like, you could just like kind of hope they don't set up like just kind of keep your fingers crossed maybe they have a slow setup maybe they don't put a pidgey down turn one you know things could go your way but colorless luya i feel like you have to play the path version like Piper said. Like I think that playing like the regular stadiums like the Japanese version did, um, is you don't actually gain any advantage compared to the single strike version at that point. So I think you have to play these like path versions, slow your opponents down a couple turns, Snorlax with therapeutic gets in there, does a ton of damage, um, off price set them, and then Mew kinda Mew and Weird Deer kinda just clean up the game from from a advantage of sports state. So if anyone else is feeling attacked after Rahul mentioned you do one bad weekend with a new deck and switch back to the old deck. Don't worry. I'm also feeling attacked by that comment. <laughs> I did that this week. I played Urshifu and I went 2-2 and I went back to Lugia, so it's fine. <laughs> the last one, the last one I have written down, although I'll give you a chance to, if you want to hype up or insult any other decks, is just Lost Zone in general. Tina, Turbo, Kyogre, which kind of fits in Turbo, but like they're not the same deck at all, even though it's only a you know, five card difference, all going to be popular decks. They're all going to be played at some point. Which one do you think is the best positioned of the decks that select flowers? And I guess for Piper does not rare candy into Charizard EX. Uh, and Piper, I think they're the first one for you. So what is the best flower selecting deck heading into this weekend? Um, I really like turbo with shoes. Um, I don't know. I feel like a lot of times shoes feels like a computer search. Um, but yeah, uh, like, I don't know. A lot of times you're just like 
a card or two short and then like shoes just makes it like you hit the turn one so much more consistently i felt like i've been playing with like three to four shoes three stops um i don't know kyogre is like very well positioned into the meta but like you get very heavily punished by like bad flower selects or like small misplays that may not have been misplays at the time but like in the end game like kind of snowball effect off of like a lot of flower selectings and it's also like much slower as a deck so like if you just draw poorly in the game you're like more likely to tie whereas turbo you're like um able to just like cheese a game two or three like really quickly um tina's really good into zard uh it's kind of clunky overall i really like cross switchers still that i don't know why that phased out i think cross switchers and tina is very good um yeah rahul what is the best deck to select flowers with this weekend um i think kyogre is probably like really well positioned right now um i do think that you get really punished uh if tina gets like more popular and like you're you get pathed and things get things can go really bad uh but the good players who have played kyogre for a while and can perform with it uh and have some form of like i think you have to play a small zard answer or just commit to the fact that you're going to blow up four prizes in one turn somehow um it's hard it's really hard to do that but you can commit to it but i think kyogre is like the best positioned one uh, i personally am not a fan of tina because i just think like that deck is way too clunky um and like you just have like it's either a tier zero deck or like a tier eight deck there's literally no in between every game uh, and i can't handle that for nine to potentially 15 rounds of pokemon my mental my mental health cannot deal with that um so i would personally do like some sort of kyogre or like piper's shoes build that's like just something aggressive where you know you can like close out the game the way you want to close out the game uh compared to the other builds so as Rahul was talking about kyogre and the zard matchup did anyone else just kind of think that the uh terror rule should not be as relevant oh. as it is there wait i hate it so much <laughs> yeah. it actually makes me so upset yeah. that's crazy yeah, I, I, think, I don't read cards it, it like <laughs> I, think I don't know i i figured it out like at a like live at a league challenge playing kyogre and i actually just wanted to like leave like i didn't want to play the rest of the rounds that's insane it, why why did they print that onto the cards i'm gonna express I saw someone like try to greninja um and then i'm like oh sick okay uh, <laughs> not doing that oh, we've all been there you know yeah. for anyone listening who has not been there do not try and bench damage hr's rdx you're you're gonna feel real bad you about yourself damage. for like like at least like 10 minutes you're just gonna <laughs> you're, you're not gonna have a good day Sawyer, I know you've been playing a lot of Lost stuff. What is the best way to select flowers? I am, I, I'm, I'm, I'm practically married to Kyogre at this point. That's like pretty much all I've been playing for like the past month. I think that deck's matchup spread is just so good. I think you like farm pretty much every single tier two, tier one deck, like pretty convincingly. Besides Zard, uh, that might, like, yeah, most of the Zard variants are pretty hard still, but you can tech for them if you want to. Um, uh, people have been scared to play that deck because of Rapid Strike, but I genuinely do not think that matchup is that bad. Um, every time, I, I like don't think I've like dropped a set to that deck. Uh, like if you just like you can either just go first and just like get rid of their Remorades and they just don't set up, or you can play towards a Kyogre turn, or you can like because it's so easy to set up for damage on like three Prizers. Like you just go Greninja them, Kyogre the next turn, you're fine. Um, and yeah, or you can just be aggressive and just Raikou and Italian if there starts a little slow. Like, it just gets there. Um, I think your matchup spread is really, really good. 
I've never been a fan of Tina. Uh, as Rahul mentioned, the deck just clunks up sometimes um, more than I would want a deck that draws as many cards as it, that to do. Um, as like explosive and as powerful as it can feel when it does get there, the games where you don't get there feel so much worse than any other deck in the meta besides like Chien Pao maybe. So um, yeah, Kyogre is really good. Taking four prizes in one turn is very good. Uh, if you know what you're doing, I think it is like pretty, like pretty comfortably like one of the best decks in the format. So there are still a handful of meta decks. So I'll give you all a chance to, if you want to, either shout out a deck that's also like, hey, this is a viable play this weekend, or maybe something you don't think is a viable play. Uh, Piper, why don't you start us off? Is there another deck that we did not mention that you think is worth mentioning, pro or con? I did say Zard was my backup play. Um... I have a spreadsheet right now titled, uh, let's see if I can break control by Peoria. Um, yeah, so I think control's actually very well positioned right now. Um, yeah, I don't want to share too much. <laughs> that is incredibly surprising for me where I'm in some group chats that are very much saying control is in the worst position it's been in in a while. So I'm excited. If you do it, I will be excited to watch from the sidelines. There's always Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> Rahul, any other decks that you want to mention? I think Chan Pao is very well positioned. If you can just like take the high roll as well. Um, I think that uh, some of these decks really just can't deal with the firepower of Chan Pao. I think it does negatively get affected by the path decks in general, but like, your early game, if you just bust through the path against Tina, is really good. Like, all Lost Box variants are so good if you just bust through the path early game uh, and, like, get the Cologne playoff. Like, oh, it's just got to be a great feeling. Um, like, you have so many board-breaking, like, checkmate scenarios you can just make on turn three out of nowhere, which is, like, the crazy draw to Chan Pao. However, the flip side is that there is, like, the 40% of games you don't get to play, <laughs> uh, which is incredibly high, don't get me wrong. But if you just, you know, uh, don't do that, you'll win games. 40% is disgustingly high. <laughs> we don't know that. <laughs> Sawyer, any other decks you want to mention? I, I'm also very big on Tien Pao. Uh, those games where you don't draw feel terrible and you don't want to play Pokemon anymore after them. But when the deck pops off, like, it's it's crazy. Like, you can just, like, completely steamroll pretty much any, almost any deck. Uh, I don't entirely agree with the, his take of the Lost Box matchup. I think even if you get the Cologne playoff sometimes... Like, your prize trade can still just be too awkward. Like, if they ever just, like, target down your boxes aggressively or, like, they, they can just, like, go for... Like, again, Kyogre can screw that deck over sometimes because you don't really want to rebench Manaphy over and over again. Otherwise, it gets too easy for them to just lost mind until they win. Um, but, like, any of the two prize decks in the format, like, you just attack first before they do most of the time. At least attack their two prizes before they attack yours. Uh, and, yeah. The deck is just, yeah, it's it's very high rolly. You're going to brick a lot of games, but the games where you don't brick, it just feels, some of them just feels completely un unlosable. And last question for the whole squad is going to be about deck selection. So we've mentioned a lot of decks so far, and there's meta decks that we have not mentioned. Uh, Urshifu is one of them. Maridon's one of them. I'm sure there's plenty others I'm forgetting. It doesn't matter. There's a lot of really good decks right now. Because of that, I want to know from three players who have accomplished amazing things in this game, how are you approaching deck selection for Peoria in what is such a wide open meta? And Roll said 1,700 people are going to be there. It's a heckin' lot of people. So uh, we'll go ahead and start Sawyer this time. How are you approaching deck selection? 
I don't know if I'm the best person to ask about this. I've been very, very honed in on Kyogre for forever because I just think that deck is broken. Um, but I, uh, but I think there is something to be to learn from that though. A lot of people will say, it, and I'm going to reiterate, it, is that comfortability is a very, very big thing in a format that's so wide where there are so many decks that uh, are viable. It's best to just play something that you think that you're going to be able to pilot well, um, because a lot, like a lot of these matchups, uh, are not like super like they can. A lot of them are closer. Um, there's a reason that there's so many decks in the meta is because so many of them uh, are like are able to beat so many things. So as long as you are playing good, I think that that's what's going to matter. Play something that makes sense for you, and yeah, that's about it. Piper, how are you approaching deck selection? And if I'm having to play like nine to fifteen rounds of Pokemon, and like right now the format's very slow, uh, I want to play a deck that I enjoy. It's gonna be long two days. Um, yeah, it's kind of how I like to pick decks. Sometimes I can't do that, but yeah. You literally just said fun <laughs> as the reason. Yeah. <laughs> I respect that. That is why you're a two-time regional champion. I did play both those decks for fun. That is the worst part. <laughs> or the best. That's such a flex right there. <laughs> Rahul, how are you approaching deck selection? Well, my answer is very similar to Piper's. <clears throat> I, I like to have fun with my decks. I'm sure you can tell by some of the deck decisions I've made over my career. Uh, they're not just real decks. Uh, but there's always like three ways to look at it from my perspective. There's always like... A, an analytical correct choice that feels for every single meta uh, this meta it's much harder to determine that uh, there's the group deck where i just kind of run with whatever the group is playing because i didn't put enough time into it but usually when i put a lot of time into a meta or a format or i'm having a lot of fun uh, there'll be a deck that like it's going to take like so much to get me off of and i might just not be in the tournament by round six but like man i really want to play certain decks and and that's just kind of how i'm, I'm going to show up I'm going to be like, hey, who's going to try to help me with this and play some games with me? And no one wants to do that. I'm going to sleep up a 60 and go to bed, you know? And we're going to find out what happens round one. Can you explain Lugia and fun? Uh, well, okay. So uh, the night before I was testing and uh, they were playing Tina and I played like four games with Tina and I was like, okay, not doing that one. And then I watched Lucas Zing and Grant Shen play like four games of Chan Pao where they didn't set up. And I was like, okay, not doing that one. <laughs> And then uh, I watched Mustafa lose four games with Guardian. I said, all right, uh, Reagan, give me your 60. <laughs> all right, let's uh, go. I'm not joking. That's exactly what I did. I played a total of four games between Worlds and Pittsburgh. And I was like, you know what, man, dude? It's just a Lugia tournament. Like, I don't want to think. I'm going to walk in. I'm going to flip some coins. And like, and then I played six Lugia mirrors. I, I think I tweeted on Twitter. My Lugia mirror record was 6-0. and oh, Everything else was 5-3-2. So <laughs> uh, I learned how to play one matchup really well during the tournament. What's your advice on the Lugia Mirror? Flip coins, man. Flip <laughs> coins, hope they whiff. Uh, one, one of my opponents uh, on his turn to Titar milled all three urns, and I was like, oh my god, I have won the game. <laughs> I was like, holy moly, this game's over. On that note, Piper, any shoutouts you might have? Uh, shout out to my sponsor, Dead Draw Gaming. Um, I write articles on Cutter Tab, uh, so you should check that out too. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Piper Lapine, uh, just my first and last name. And then, yeah, you can DM me for coaching there. Um, and I think there's like a couple other places there. So yeah, check that out. Rahul, any shout outs you might have? Shout out to the one person who says he doesn't trust me with my own deck decision. So he has to stay up and call me, Justin Bakari. I know you're retired, but thanks, man. Uh, and then you can follow me on my Twitter uh, at the flea, T-H-E-F-L. And then there are four E's. Uh, that's pretty much it. So, here, any shout outs you might have? 
Uh, you can follow me at Twitter at Sawyer Hate Mail. Mail isn't the thing you send, not the gender. Uh, and I would like to also shout out my uh, team, Lost Zone Kitchen. Uh, we have a tournament, online tournament series that we're planning on running and casting on Thursdays. So either play or tune in the stream if you'd like. Myself, you can follow me on Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Mellow underscore Magikarp. Rate and review the podcast as always so that more people can find us and get this wonderful information from these three experts. This has been another episode of the Lake of Rage podcast. We'll catch you all next week.